0: Learn more at marines.com. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove podcast. We're talking NFL picks and players and teams. Are they for real? Major League Baseball, another big free agency signing. And the NBA finally announces who is the greatest of all time. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're
1: listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Hey, good looking. what you got cooking? I love about cooking something me?
0: Welcome in to an all-new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast presented by True Classic Teas. Go to trueclassic.com, use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. You're going to get 25% off your purchase. We'll mention more about True Classic Tees a little bit later down the road. Welcome into the show. I'm Vince Stover, joined by my dad, Dale Stover.
1: Dad, how are you on this fine uh, Wednesday evening? Doing fine, doing fine. I was excited to be on the Sports Stove podcast. Yes,
0: and of course, uh, the original Sports Stove, in my book at least, uh, is my dad. And uh, we spent many years driving around Nashville, headed to hockey games or whatever, talking sports and listening to the Sports Talk Radio. And we just enjoy doing it now for you all to hear us as we talk about the latest sports news and everything that's going on. Uh, in the sports world. And we'll start by just a quick um, quick thought here, too. Um, I think you can say legendary coaches passed away this week. Uh, college football lost Mike Leach and the NBA's Paul Silas passing away this week as well. Both of them unique in their own rights. Mike Leach was by far the most unique football coach. And there have been a lot of unique football coaches, a lot of soundbite football coaches, Mike Leach gave soundbite after soundbite after soundbite, none of them about football, <laughs> but about <laughs> aliens and pirates and all kinds of other things as well. So uh, sad to hear of his passing uh, here right at the end of the season. They announced their defensive coordinator will be replacing him as head coach, um, but uh, a heart attack from what it sounds like and uh, passed away. So uh, sad to hear that. And then Paul Silas, a legendary basketball uh, coach and player, and, um, and, of course, his son coaches for the Houston Rockets now, and uh, just another legendary guy that is uh, now gone. And, uh, and the one positive, if I can put it that way, uh, for older uh, sports people to pass away is it makes the younger generation learn about them because I'm guessing there's not a lot of young people who know who Paul Silas is. They probably know his son better than they know him. Um, but uh, it gives opportunity for people to look up and kind of see the, the impact that they had in, in, in their sports world as well. And of course, in the day and age of social media, if you didn't know who Mike Leach was uh, that just means you don't have social media because he was always on social media, making clips that he said things that he said, things like that as well on there. Um, Dad, Let's go ahead and hit this, this topic. The NBA announced that they're going to be naming their regular season or their season-ending awards after certain players. And uh, it's it's interesting because the NBA has finally made the decision for us on who is the greatest player of all time uh, by naming the MVP trophy after Michael Jordan, uh, clearly showing who they think is the greatest of all time. And I think he is the greatest basketball player of all time. Uh, Michael Jordan. So interesting to see that. But there were other names of guys that, again, made me Google, not not necessarily, but guys that I haven't heard a whole lot about. Which of those trophies, names uh, intrigued you the most?
1: Well, I, I thought the whole idea was very good because, like you said, a lot of young people now don't, don't really know any of those players, and they had a big impact on the game. And, you know, someone in my generation, they, they were great they were great to watch. There were some great rivalries. I've all of I saw all of them play except George Mike and he was a little bit, I think, before my time uh, there. But the others were good and I, I, you know, again, I'm sure there are other players they could have honored, but I think for the most part, you know, they made the right the right choices there. Of course, being a Celtic fan, I was real glad to see John Havlicek was one of them. He was quite, he was quite the player in a lot of ways. Um, but of course, again, you got Will Chamberlain and Elijah Jerry West, um, all of those, you know, when you talk about West and, and, um, you know, Chamberlain and now, you know, when you think about the dream team, um, You know, could there have been a team earlier that would have rivaled them? I don't think there was any team that could have gone as deep as the Dream Team did. But there were seven or eight players um, back in that day that I think could have. And some of those guys are on this list. So I just think it was a really good move by the NBA, um, you know, to name it after these guys and to, you know, it it, it, will. create interest in people, you know, checking at least once a year. And uh, who, who was that um, yeah. from there? You know, because like you said, I guess there might even be kids now who wouldn't know who Akeem one is. And that that's hard to believe. But um, so, you know, there and Michael Jordan, I mean, that makes sense that, that he would be the MVP trophy. And um, it was just interesting that the NBA did that. And I think it was a good thing.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. You know, it's funny. uh, I started coaching high school basketball this year, and I sent clips of Akeem Olajuwon to my big guys to watch uh, him in the gym working on post moves and stuff like that. I said, hey, you guys need to watch this. I know you probably don't know who this is, (laughs) but you need to watch it. It's good stuff. And, uh, and yeah, I think you said it well there as well. Uh, Major League Baseball continues to move through the offseason. Uh, my Milwaukee Brewers made a trade today uh, to acquire an infielder. A lot of things going on. But the, the big news of the week, Major League Baseball-wise at least, was Carlos Correa, 13 years, $350 million to go to the San Francisco Giants. You're San Francisco Giants. You're a Giants fan. And, uh, and you know, I mean, they missed out on Aaron Judge. But Carlos Correa is not a bad get, right?
1: No, no. Like I said, I think they—they're they're, you know set to improve, and a lot of teams have you know. There, and obviously, there's been a lot of movement, there'll be a lot more. Uh, but boy, the division the Giants are in—you definitely got to try to keep up because boy, it looks like the Padres are really stack there and of course the Dodgers you know are going to be good so um be interesting with baseball you know with all the movement and of course like I said with fantasy baseball and of course you have a good fantasy baseball show but uh fantasy when you start thinking about fantasy baseball you really keep up on this free agency um because you know depending on what team they're on can increase or do decrease their value um a little bit at least a priority and where you pick them
0: Definitely, and uh, myself and Kevin Wilson will be covering uh, that information for you starting probably in February when we start up the Sports Stove Baseball Fantasy Baseball Show, um, and uh, we'll be talking about um, you know how the the new signings do affect fantasy baseball because you got to look at the the ballpark they're playing in now at home. Uh, is it a hitter's park? Is it a pitcher's park? You got to look at the lineup and where they're batting in the lineup and all these things. So we'll talk about all of that uh, as we get to it, uh, which is a good good also reminder about our sponsors today. This episode is presented by TrueClassic.com. True Classic Tees fit just right. So whether you're a little bulky uh, because of muscle or a little bulky because of too much Taco Bell, either way, you can find the shirt that fits perfect for you at TrueClassic.com. And if you use the code BellyUpFantasy, we are partnering with BellyUpFantasySports.com. Uh, on our show, the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. And uh, so use that code, BELLYUPFANTASY. You're going to get 25%, that's right, 25% off your purchase on trueclassic.com. They got t-shirts, they have uh, polos, they have all kinds of different options for you uh, there as well. So make sure you check out trueclassic.com. And make sure in the new year you check out the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show as well. Dad, we had a conversation right before we came on air. You asked me what what I thought if Carlos Correa um, was enough for the Giants. Now, obviously, signing him makes me wonder if they're out now on uh, Rodon, the pitcher who was with them last year. Um, you might think that now they they might be out because not only did they sign Correa, they signed a couple of other guys, not near as big of deals, but nonetheless, maybe that that puts them out on that. You know, you talked about one player, and I said, well, you know, Mike Trout was one player, didn't do a whole lot for the Angels uh Shohei Otani he's a second player didn't do a whole lot for the Angels they had good seasons and whatnot but the team did not you know I don't know I haven't looked recently to see who's left San Francisco um, and who else has come in and everything like that so maybe it's a a moot conversation at this point but it's a good thing for San Francisco and I like the signing because Correa is younger than Aaron Judge by I think four years at least And so that 13 year, I don't like the 13 year contract, but he's got a little bit, you know, it it works a little bit better maybe because he is a little bit younger as well. But plenty of baseball stuff happening. I'll be interested to see how it all shakes out. And we'll continue to keep you up to date on the latest and greatest Major League Baseball signings as well. All right, let's get into the bulk of our conversation tonight, Dad. That's going to be with the NFL. And uh, let's start with a few uh interesting questions for real or not for real kind of things brock purdy san francisco super bowl favorites i mean uh they look pretty good the defense is great in san francisco and brock purdy's been doing his job pretty well as well what do you think about brock purdy in san
1: francisco uh you know looks like he's fit in well they've got him in the system um You know, again, you know, he had a little bit of an injury thing there. I think he's going to be okay. Um, But, again, you know, we'll see. I know you said last week, you know, his teams get a chance to scheme for him and know a little bit more about him, Um, and that will be an issue. But, again, they've got some weapons. You know, Debo Samuel, of course, got hurt, but he's supposed to be back before the end of the regular season. So if they've got the weapons, you know, they've definitely got the defense. I don't think they're Super Bowl favorites in my mind necessarily, but um, I think that you're definitely going to win the division and, um, you know, it'd be interesting to see. He, he, he has surely looked good so far, um, you know, for a guy drafted where he did. So, um, and and it'll make an interesting situation for them in the future. If he does play well and they go far in the playoffs, who are the top
0: three NFC teams
1: right now? i would be Philadelphia. Um, I, yeah, I, again, I, I think they are by far and away the better team. Um, uh, let's see, probably, probably San Francisco would be, you know, in there without a doubt. And then it's either going to be one, one of my two favorite teams, either Dallas or Minnesota. I do not think Minnesota is going to hang. I just do not think they're going to, maybe it's just prejudiced or whatever. And the Cowboys Yo, the Cowboys looked awesome, didn't they? The way they ran over the Texans, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> you you just never know. I think Philadelphia by far been the most consistent. And San Francisco does have a very consistent defense. Uh, tough every time out. So, uh, we'll, well see where the NFC goes. That's where my thought, though, when we're talking
0: about, well, you know, is San Francisco a legitimate contender? Well, who do they have to beat, right? I mean, they're, they're better than... They're, they're at the very least number four in the NFC, and they're probably at least number three, and I think you could argue number two possibly even, uh, with Dallas and Minnesota being the other two teams to talk about there. Um, no team has been uh, – no I mean, other than Philadelphia, no team has been more consistent than San Francisco, no matter who the quarterback is. And uh, so that's interesting as well. What does Brock Purdy have to do – to make it a competition against Trey Lance next season?
1: Well, I think, it, it, you know, again, if they if they make a deep run in the playoffs, then I think it's got to be a little bit of an open competition going into it if he continues to look good. Um, you know, it'll really depend on how he ends up playing here and how far um, they go. Because I don't think Trey Lance has proved yet for sure That he is the guy, even though supposedly he's got a lot more ability, um, you know, and upside than, you know, Brock Purdy would. But um, I think it'll all have to do with how the season ends up here um, with San Francisco and health wise, you know, does Purdy stay healthy um, the rest of the year. And when you look about teams in the NFC, it's really it, like every year. It's it, A lot of it, I think, will come down to home field advantage. Who finishes up in the standings? Uh, who gets that home field advantage? Um, and and that will make some difference, I think. I mean, does, if
0: he wins one playoff game, does that at least put him even with Trey Lance going into the next season? Does he have to win two? If he wins two playoff games, is he the leader
1: going into next season? If they win the division and he wins at least one playoff game, um, I, don't, you know, I don't know that he'll be a leader, but I, I think it'd be at least have to be an open competition. I would be shocked if they said, no, Trey Lance is our guy. You know, you took us through the last four or five games and into the playoffs, but, um, you know, you're not the guy. Um, again, if he plays well and stays healthy, I think it's at least got to be open competition.
0: I've heard his teammates say more good things about Brock Purdy than they've ever said about Trey Lance, uh, the way he controls the huddle, the way he knows the playbook, all of those things. It's it's just, uh, a weird situation, but there's a chance that Brock Purdy wins this job by the end of this season and going into next season, he's the number one quarterback that has to lose the job basically and you might be looking at Trey Lance going, okay, what now? <laughs> does, does he get traded? Does he go somewhere else? I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> who knows? And uh, maybe Trey Lance is available. Rumors were back in the Aaron Rodgers is getting traded days that Trey Lance was on the table for Green Bay, which didn't make any sense for Green Bay because they already had Jordan Love. But supposedly he was on the table if the Packers wanted to trade Aaron Rodgers out to San Francisco. So... Mike, uh, not Mike Shannon, Kyle Shannon has proven that he will not commit to a quarterback unless he feels good about it. He's never committed to Jimmy G. It's always been, well, you know, he's our quarterback right now. (laughs) And so he has never been one of those coaches who just throws their support behind the quarterback. But the way Brock Purdy has played, the way his teammates love him, I think one playoff win puts him in the lead going into the new season. Um uh, or excuse me, one playoff win I think puts him 50 50 with Trey Lance. Two playoff wins puts him in the lead as the number one quarterback where he would have to lose the job, uh, to Trey Lance moving forward. So that's gonna be interesting to keep watching. Of course, maybe he ends up crashing and burning here the rest of the, the season, and we're not even talking about it anymore. But so far, he's looked legit and, um, is doing a really good job. And again, you know, in college, he had a really good college career. He was not a bad college quarterback. Uh, Surprising that he didn't get drafted to the last pick in the draft because I thought he was at least a fifth-round quarterback. Uh, But quarterbacks were weird this year. This draft was a weird year for quarterbacks. Uh, Speaking of someone or something that is legit, how about those Detroit Lions, Dad? Um, They are continue to be impressive. They're second right now in the NFC North. And uh, I don't think they're making the playoffs. But Dan Campbell saved his job this year. And maybe Jared Goff will work in Detroit, right? Uh, what's their plans, right? They're not tanking. So are they looking for a quarterback of the future?
1: Or are they going to keep building around Jared Goff? Well, I, you know, Jordan Goff has played well. So uh, I don't know that they will be. They're going to have what an early draft pick because they have the Rams draft pick. Is that yep. correct? So, yep. so they're, they're going to have a shot at a quarterback, um, I don't know. It'll be interesting. You know, even when you talked about San Francisco, be interesting to see this year, do people keep two quarterbacks and have, or do they make a trade? Because there's always teams needing quarterbacks. Um, but I, I think Jared Goff, you know, has seemed to, He's played well. He's fit in the system. He's not been a problem. Um, and like I said, they have they have exceeded I think expectations, and especially seeing how it comes down to the um, to the end of the year here. So yeah, Dan Campbell definitely saved his job, and no question, I don't think about that. And uh, with having the draft picks, they do and everything. It you know I think they're looking up in the future.
0: Yeah, I mean uh, the Jets. The Colts, the Texans, the Titans, possibly, uh, even though they got Malik Willis. Um, Possibly Vegas if they move on from Carr. These are teams that need quarterbacks. Washington, uh, the Giants, possibly. Uh, Let's see here. Mm, Carolina, for sure. Tampa, for the future. Uh, New Orleans. There's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks this offseason. And some teams who might need quarterbacks, right? Arizona, I don't think they're, you know, whatever. Um, the Rams need to find someone for the future as well. So there will be a market. There'll be a market for the Jordan Loves, the Trey Lances, um, those kinds of guys, Zach Wilson, if he's available. There will be a market for those guys. Uh, plus, you got a strong draft class coming in this year. So it's gonna be interesting. But these Lions, they've they've played it away, they're six and seven. Uh, they're three and a half games, two and a half games back from Minnesota. Uh, let's see here. No, four games, excuse me, four games back from Minnesota. Uh, but they're two games, two, one and a half games back from the wild card. Um, they just keep playing. They keep winning games. They keep staying in games. They've, I think the games they've lost, they've only lost by a combined like 15 points or something. It's been something close. So they've been a very good football team. Again, they have shown that they they love Dan Campbell and they play for him. And now it just kind of comes down to that, that point where you've got to figure out if through Detroit, is this what you want? Do you want to be six and seven? Or would you rather be two and whatever and having a first or second round draft? Like right the, for number one or number two draft pick, which they may still have with the Rams pick, which works out great for them because they'll have a top three pick and they'll have another top 12 pick or so. Uh, wherever they end up at. But Detroit is showing that if they had players, they'd probably be really, really good. The question is, is what are they missing? Now they get the, the receiver from Alabama, Jamison, uh, uh, back or in for the first time, so they'll have a chance to see what he has. They've got two-headed monster. Nah, that's a strong word for running back with Swift and Williams. Uh, Amaron St. Brown has been phenomenal, continues to be phenomenal. Uh, the defense is okay. I mean, they've been decent this year. They still have room to grow, no doubt about it. They're still not a Super Bowl team. I don't think they're a playoff team, but they're a team on the rise. My question, though, goes back to if you're a team on the rise, you know, man, you go into the middle of the draft now, you hurt yourself with that, and maybe the Rams pick makes up for it, but I don't know. If I, I, I'm not a Lions fan. If I was a Lions fan, how would I feel about it? Because I'm a Packer fan. Packers are going to be middle middle of the road this year in the draft. Um, and my thought is it's not that big a deal because we don't have that. We don't need the number one overall pick. I feel like the Lions still need another number one or number two overall pick to get that superstar in, in their building that will build the future. I don't know. That's my thought. So what do you think? If you were a Lions fan, were
1: you happy with six and seven? Does it give you hope? Or do you go, come on, guys, let's lose some games? I don't, I am I'm, I'm not one that ever thinks you ought to lose games. I don't think that's good. I don't think that, um, would build continuity in the organization. Um, I definitely doesn't help the coach and, you know, the coaching staff from there. Um, I, I mean, I, I think if a coach is going to sell the players on, Hey, we can be a winner. Then you don't all of a sudden, you know, say, well, it'd be okay to lose a couple games. I just don't think, I don't think you, you can do that. Um, I'm not one to say, now, you know, can it help you in your draft spots? Yes, maybe so. But um, I I don't think that's good for the team. And um, and Detroit, I think, wants to try to keep winning and should try to keep winning and see where they're at here at the end of the year. So what was Denver's plan? Trade
0: away their high draft picks and then tank. I'm confused by that. Uh, The Broncos go out and get Russell Wilson in the offseason, trade away their first-round picks. And then throw the season away by only winning three games so far. What's going on in Denver? I just don't get it. I keep thinking eventually it's got to click, right? But it has not clicked all season. It doesn't look like it's going to click anytime soon.
1: No, I mean, you, I you, I can't figure out that Denver's been as bad as they, you know, as they have been, and uh, it could it could still get more miserable as the year goes on here. So. Um, we don't know. And if they have a coaching change, then you're changing everything. You know, Russell Wilson has not come in and made the impact. I think that, you know, most everyone thought he would, at least to some extent. Um, yeah, there have been several teams that have been a real mystery this year, but definitely Denver would be highly would be one of them. So,
0: Yeah, it's it's going to get really cold in Denver over the next couple of weeks.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> that's going to make it more miserable. Uh, it's, man, what a year. Uh, Right now, Houston, with the one win and one tie, holds the number one overall pick. But then you got Denver, who doesn't hold their own draft pick, up there at the top. Uh, Chicago, up there at the top as well as worst teams in the league this year. So uh, we're almost to that point where we're talking about that number one pick and that number two pick and who will it be and all those kinds of things. We'll get into those conversations as the year goes on. Uh, one more interesting thing that I that uh, happened over the weekend: uh, San Francisco 49ers beat the Tar out of Tampa. Uh, rookie cornerback uh, Greenlaw, I think, his last name gets the interception after the game. Takes the ball to Tom Brady and gets Tom Brady to autograph the ball that he intercepted. Um, I was shocked Tom did this because Brady has kind of been a snob in uh, in a lot of post game losses. And he actually signed the football for the guy. Uh, I thought that was impressive for Tom. I gave Tom a, uh, a pat on the back for that one. Um, what do you think about that kind of action after a game? Hey, I picked you off. You're a legendary quarterback. Can you please autograph this football for me?
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's an interesting thing. I mean, after the game, you wouldn't think that'd be the kind of discussion you'd have. But again, I guess it's good for Tom Brady Um to do that. And, um, you know, um, I guess there's nothing wrong with it. Like I said, the game has changed a lot as far as the socializing that goes on after a game. And, um, you know, that's just, that's, that's that, that just where it is. It's that way really in all professional sports from what I understand. Um, yeah. not that to digress too much, but I've heard one time about an interview with a lot of the old Cincinnati Reds and they said, they just, you know, they could not believe, you know, they, they would have been fined if they would have talked to somebody when they were on first base. And now the fact that the first baseman and the base runner carries on a the conversation, they just they, they couldn't understand how that happens at all. So
0: one of the earliest interviews I did on the Sports Stove podcast was with Kelby Tomlinson. He played uh, infield as utility infielder for the Giants back when we talked to him. And that's one thing he said. He said he was standing on second base talking to Troy Tulowitzki. And one of his teammates came over. I think it was um, uh, Buster Posey came over to him in the bull in the um, dugout, and he said, "Hey, don't do that." <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's like, he's like, I'm standing on second base, getting a chance to talk to Troy Tulowitzki. I mean, that was a pretty big deal. And uh, and Buster Posey said, "No, no, no, we're not, we're not doing that. We're not fraternizing. We're playing baseball, playing a game. He's the enemy. We're not doing that." Um, so you know, that's still a, baseball, though. Let's face it, the slowest sport to show up to the modern era (laughs) so uh so that's not totally surprising either Um, although i think generally speaking baseball players are being a lot more like that as well uh these days let's get into our picks this week uh i was miserable last week i think i got one right last week you got three right um we got dad we got saturday nfl football games this week it's that time of year uh and that's that just adds a little extra fun uh to the football schedule but we're gonna pick a Thursday night, Sunday night, and Monday night's game, and then we can pick any other three games that we would like to. And I felt like this week, um, a lot more options to choose from. We pick against the spread; neither me or Dad are gamblers, uh, but it just makes it a little bit more fun than just picking winners. So we're picking against the spread, and I really felt like a lot of these were close, closer, and a lot a little bit easier, more to pick from this week. Seems like the last couple of weeks it's been like eight and a half point and 10 points and those kinds of things, these were closer. So let's get into Thursday night's game, Dad. Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers travel up to Seattle. San Francisco on the road is a a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Uh, This one could pretty much seal up the division for San Francisco with a win uh, against Seattle. Uh, Not officially clinching, but that would put them in a really, really good spot. Uh, Which way did you go here, San Francisco or Seattle?
1: I'd go with San Francisco again. I think they're playing well right now, and they're hot and three and a half points. I think um, I'll go with San Francisco, even though it's at Seattle. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, I
0: think San Francisco's the team here. are Three and a half points. They are their defense is so stinking good. Uh, it just makes a whole lot of sense for them to win this game against Seattle. Seattle again, impressive. They've been a far better team than than uh, than we anticipated uh, this year. So good job for Seattle. But I think San Francisco takes this one as well. Uh, Let's see here. Sunday night's game. This is a big one. Washington at home, four and a half point favorites over the Giants. Both of these guys fighting for playoff spots and trying to hold off the the teams below
1: them. Um, But Washington at home, four and a half point favorites. Which way did you go here? Um, I want with Washington again. They're the home team. You know, this is a big game, no doubt about it. Um, but Washington's playing well. They're coming off the bye week, so they're well rested. And um, I w- I'll go with Washington in this one, even though that one could go either way. Yeah, I'm going to go underdogs
0: with this one. I like the Giants situation a little bit better than Washington. Uh, I trust the Giants more than I trust Washington. So I'm going to go Giants plus four and a half on this one. I'll go the underdogs in that game. Monday night football, the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Field, seven and a half point favorites against the Los Angeles Rams. Talking about disappointing seasons. You got to talk about the Rams in that situation. Seven and a half points, though, that's a touchdown uh, favorite for Green Bay. Which way do you go here? Um
1: the the amount of points worries me just a little bit. I think Green Bay will win and they're coming off um the bye week so and they need to win. So I'll go with Green Bay. I wish it was a few less points because I don't you know they haven't beat many teams period and definitely by that much. But um but they're gonna get you know they're gonna get Dobbs back and I think they've got the offense going in the right direction. So um I'll go with I'll go with the Packers on that one.
0: Yeah, I would have liked it around three and a half or four and a half, but it's the Rams and the Rams have been bad this season and the Packers coming off a bye week should have be ready to go healthier than they've been in a while. Uh, So I'm going to be I'm actually pretty comfortable picking Green Bay here. I'll go Green Bay as well. Seven and a half point favorites. Um, All right. Game
1: number four for you. Who did you go with game number four? I'll take the one underdog I'm going to take this week, and I'll go – because these are both teams that have done well, and we talked about Detroit, but I'm going to go with the Jets at home. Um, They're a half-point underdog, and I'll go with uh, the Jets over Detroit uh, in New York. That's an interesting pick, Dad. I I did not
0: pick this game. Um, With what Detroit did to Minnesota, um, I mean – The Jets do not have a dynamic offense. Uh, They have an okay defense, and actually they they defend the pass really well. The cornerbacks have been playing really good. Um, I I would probably go the other way. Again, not part of my pick six. I'd probably take Detroit there. Um, But you know what? Uh, Good for you. Uh, We'll see see how that one shakes out. Sometimes I think you're just picking out of hope. Uh, (laughs) But that's okay. You do whatever you want. I will go with the Minnesota Vikings, a team that has – had some rough games, no doubt, uh, but they're four and a half point favorites at home against the Colts. And to me, uh, that one's a go to. They're kind of at that point now where they're going to win the division, but they need to get a win. Uh, and being at home, they're, they're, they're strong there as well. So I'll go Vikings, four and a half point favorites against Indianapolis. Uh, who
1: is your fifth game of the week? This one's kind of a lot of points, but I, I'm going to go with the Eagles over the Bears. I don't think there's any question about that. And even though it is eight and a half, um, the Bears are going nowhere fast and uh, Eagles are playing very consistent. So uh, I think they can cover that. Yeah,
0: I didn't pick this game, but that's where I would go too. I think eight and a half is safe. Chicago's bad. Um, they are really bad. Uh, and Philadelphia really good. Um, I don't think Philadelphia is going to end with one loss. I think they'll have at least two, if not three losses, but it ain't going to be against Chicago. And they should win by eight and a half points, but that's not a game that I picked. Uh, Let's see here. My next game will be Pittsburgh. They are two and a half points. So Philadelphia, you got Philadelphia. I'll take Pittsburgh. Uh, Two and a half point underdogs to the Carolina Panthers. How are they underdogs to the Carolina Panthers? I don't understand that one at all. So I'm going to go plus two and a half. Pittsburgh
1: over Carolina I I just am I missing
0: something how's Carolina a favorite in any any game
1: yeah I I, I don't know I guess they played well enough last week but again I think Pittsburgh no I would be with Pittsburgh on that one thank
0: you for watching mr dial says stove you are not going to go against the Packers uh James dial there for you uh, <laughs> that's a, uh, we had the guess had the guess you were going to be picking them so uh, let's see here. What are we on now? My, let's see. Your your sixth pick. Who's your sixth pick this week?
1: Sixth pick. I'm going to go with the Chargers over the Titans. Oh my god! Um, again, I think the Chargers, you know, really need to win this. They're at home. The Titans have been really up and down, and of course they struggled last week. And um, so I'm going to go with two and a half um, for the Chargers to cover
0: um that's an interesting pick i i have made the decision i cannot pick the chargers anymore um i've been disappointed too many times um and in our pick six at least i think they should win that game as well um they had a good week last week so maybe they're they're figuring things out i don't know but uh we'll see how that one shakes out for sure um my last pick dad is the cincinnati Bengals. they're nine and four they're tied with baltimore they're trying to get up over baltimore they play Tampa, and Tampa has proven that they are not good this year either. Cincinnati, only three-and-a-half-point favorites. It is on the road. It is in Tampa. But to me, that one was a pretty easy pick. So I'm going to go Cincinnati in this game, uh, minus three-and-a-half there. So let's see here. Uh, looks like uh, – so, Dad, yeah, you picked one uh, underdog, and that was the .5. <laughs> underdog of the Jets. Uh, You're going going out on a limb this week. That's Uh, it. uh, With that one there as well. I only picked two underdogs, so not that far away from you. All right, let's talk about the rest of the games going on this week in the NFL. Again, Saturday football. Minnesota and Indianapolis is the first game on Saturday. Cleveland and Baltimore. And Cleveland is the uh, favorite in this game. They are at home. Two-and-a-half-point favorite which basically says that Baltimore is the better team because you get you get three points when you're at home. Uh, so, uh, I mean, what has Cleveland shown to be the favorites in this game? Deshaun Watson hasn't been great yet. The defense has played well. They played Houston, and defense scored three times. So, um, I don't know which way you go going, Baltimore or Cleveland.
1: I think the the issue here is Baltimore just has not been that consistent and been that good. And again, it's at Cleveland, which at this time of the year is a tough place to play. And you like to think Deshaun Watson's going to, you know, get more in rhythm here as time goes along. Um, You know, I thought Baltimore was going to be a much, much more of a team, but I don't know that they're going to make the playoffs. And um, this would be a, a. an interesting game to watch. I don't know about a fun game to watch. I don't know if it'll be high scoring, but um, uh, I can see Cleveland winning this. Uh,
0: And it might be uh, Tyler Huntley again. Let's see here. Uh, Jackson, Lamar Jackson did not practice again today. Uh, So that could be a problem. Tyler Huntley got a concussion, but he did practice. Uh, So it looks like there's a chance Tyler Huntley would be the starting quarterback on Sunday which would give Cleveland probably the upper hand. Um, So at the moment, I'm going to pick Baltimore, uh, but I might go back and change it, (laughs) depending on how the injury stuff works out for them uh, down the road. Buffalo's at home against the Miami Dolphins. uh, Seven and a half point favorites. That one surprised me. I thought Buffalo wins this game. I don't think I'm not too worried about that, but seven and a half points division games are tough and Miami is, has, uh, you know, Tua has proven he ain't great. He's good. He ain't great. And uh, so what can he do against Buffalo? I don't know. Which way are you going, Dad, Buffalo or Miami?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would go with Buffalo, and it's Buffalo at home. But, again, Buffalo's been a little up and down. I thought Miami was really making a move. Um, but, you know, that wasn't the case last week. So, again, this time of the year in Buffalo, um i think it's safe to say buffalo win whether that spreads too high i don't know uh moving on to sunday
0: games kansas city 13 and a half point favorites over houston i really wanted to pick this in my pick six i like going against houston uh but at 13 and a half i thought there were better games to pick so kansas city i think wins this game and i think they win by plenty of points and i picked up pacheco in one league the running back for kansas city Uh, And he got me into the playoffs. And so I'm riding him this week, uh, playing him instead of Nick Chubb, who struggled the last few weeks in fantasy football. Uh, So I'm hoping for a huge game for Pacheco and Kansas City. I'll go Kansas City. What about you?
1: Yes. Yeah. I think Kansas City will win. And I I think, you know, they're going to be one of the top teams in the AFC for sure. Dallas on the road,
0: a four and a half point favorite over Jacksonville. Jacksonville showed up, uh, surprisingly enough. And uh, Dallas did not last week. Nonetheless, Dallas won. And at home, or excuse me, on the road, they should beat Jacksonville. Jacksonville still hasn't found that consistency factor, right? They've shown flashes and they've been good in certain games. They haven't been consistent. I'm going to go Dallas in this game. What
1: about you? I agree that Jacksonville's not been consistent, but this this could be a this could be a scary game for Dallas because Jacksonville, when they're on, can play, and they do you know they can play good defense. So um, I would definitely be for Jacksonville in this one without a doubt, and I I wouldn't be surprised they may they may pull the upset, um, but again Dallas may you know realize what almost happened to them last week and come out and really play, but I don't think they have the ability to do that they've been down and uh this could be a tough game for them with jacksonville and and this would be a big game for jacksonville this could keep them in the hunt for the division that's true speaking of division hunts new orleans and atlanta
0: both still in the hunt because that division is horrible new orleans at home is three and a half point favorites over atlanta i'm gonna go atlanta in this game uh what about you
1: Well, I I might have to be for New Orleans just because of their defense, and they're going to play against a rookie quarterback this week. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. And, again, as you talk about games that are not exciting to watch, this may probably be one of them. Uh, Speaking
0: of other unexciting games, Denver and Arizona. Denver at home, two-and-a-half-point favorites. Arizona with Colt McCoy, who's played decent football when he's had the opportunities already this year. Both teams underachieved. Both teams uh, are are in need of great change. Um, Denver, I guess their defense is good, so I'll go with Denver this game. Um, I, I don't know who to pick in this one. What about you?
1: Yeah, I would agree. I don't know who to pick, but I would go with Denver also on this one. But if you know if they lose this one, it's just going to keep getting more miserable. And uh, Arizona, whoever loses this one is, you know, it's going to continue to be tough. And there may be changes on both teams
0: uh let's see here new england and las vegas new england is 0.5 uh favorites on the road against vegas vegas i mean i don't know what's going on with them new england is not the same new england as old but i think they probably win this game they seem to be a little bit more functional than vegas does
1: right now what do you think about this one Yes, I almost picked this one for my pick six, and I would have picked New England on this one. Again, I think this is not a good team, and um, I would go with New England on this one.
0: Uh, Let's see. I think that's all of them. I think we covered all the other ones. What are your thoughts on Cincinnati Tampa this weekend? The Bengals and the Buccaneers?
1: um i would definitely go with the bengals on this one that's another one i almost pick um tampa i think you know is in trouble it's going to be interesting to see how that division ends up but i think the bengals are playing well
0: all right very good very good uh any other sports news you want to talk about that we haven't discussed yet
1: um no i mean again i think you know um Again, you know, an exciting time in the NFL from there. And I, you know, I I think we're good. Okay.
0: Uh, Back about, I think it was two weeks ago, uh, I brought on athletic director from EKU on my local hour program. Uh, They announced that the WAC and the ASON are teaming together to form a brand new college football conference that will move from the FCS To the FBS. If you're interested in that kind of information, go back and find the uh, the episode with Matt Roan, EKU athletic director. He talks all about the process of starting the conference, the transitioning from FCS to FBS, and everything that. Really good conversation. So if you're if you're kind of a college football nut, uh, go back and find that wherever you listen to podcasts, the Sports Stove podcast uh, there as well. And the interview is also posted on uh, the Sports Stove uh, YouTube page that you can find there as well. I want to encourage everybody to follow us on social media, at Sports Stove, Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget about getting your best fitting shirt you've ever had. TrueClassic.com. Use the promo code BellyUpFantasy, and you're going to get 25% off your purchase there. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Sports Stove Podcast. Next week, the plan is to bring you a special Christmas-themed episode uh, (laughs) where Santa will be passing out gifts left and right. Uh, Make sure you tune in next week, next Wednesday night, for another live edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the sports stove.